Aloha everyone, this is Maka here with Makeo Movement, installment number four. So um, today's podcast is going to be about just some of the things I have on my schedule as far as my personal development and my growth, some things that I encountered today and some life lessons and some insight I gained from it that I want to share with you all. So I just finished the book, The Anatomy of Peace, yesterday, and I kind of went over the the peacemaking pyramid and some takeaways we can get from it. And today, um, I'm going to share some some thoughts on what I'm going to do moving forward as far as my personal development, trying to become the best version of myself, and uh, some audio tapes I listened to today by some influential people in the field, and some things that I picked up from it. So first I'm going to start off with some audio tapes I've been listening to. So the most recent one I listened to was how your goals and your dreams can be a magnet for you if you let it. And this podcast was given by Jim Rohn and he talked about increasing your value to other people. He said your income grows in proportion to the type of person you are. And so, you know, throughout life, we always get this idea that our opportunities are fixed and that we get to a situation, we have a job or whatever it may be, and there is no growth. The truth is that there's always room for growth. You can always become better. You can always be more marketable in in your field of interest. And so there's a couple takeaways that took away from this podcast. The first thing was you need to desire profits over wages. Because wages is fixed. You just trade your time for your money and you get a wage. The thing that really hit me was I'm a wage worker right now. I'm working at a biotech company doing research for a diagnostics company. And I just trade my time for money. But I need to find ways to be more profitable. To be an asset in the marketplace that people want to look up to. To pay money to for whatever services I can render. And so... I'm trying to be just a voice for good out there. You know, there's, there's a lot of negativity in this world. And I just, I want to be a beacon of light to those out there. You know, to tell people that it is possible to dream big and to achieve those dreams. Right now, my life is good. I have a wonderful marriage with my beautiful wife. I'm working a steady job. But I'm not truly chasing after my dreams. But I'm working towards them. Like I'm earning a wage and doing, trying to make a profit on the side in hopes that I can flip that around. So those are some of my goals. And the best way to do that for me is to become a valuable person, a person of value, to constantly renew myself, get better every day, never settle for mediocrity, and always be a person of worth to those around me. Share the wisdom that I'm gaining from whatever it may be. 
so that I can better other people's lives. And that's my mission in life is, that's why I named it the Malakia Movement once again, you know, to help people to strive to do better and to be better. And so that was the first thing that he said that stuck out to me was, desire profits over wages. I think a lot of Americans or a lot of people in developed nations where a lot of us are wage workers and we trade our time for money. But if you can make that transition from being a wage worker to working for profit, that's when we'll really get that financial security. And there's a, there's a couple ways that I'm looking into right now. I'm doing my market research, making sure that um, I'm being very frugal. My wife and I are saving up and we're living very frugally off the wages that I'm making. The second thing I wanted to talk was about, he said to focus on one thing. And I think this is a big one for a lot of us. I'm a millennial and, you know, millennials love to be connected. We got to be on social media. We got to be this, that, and the other thing. We got to be, you got to know what John Smith is up to in Paris when he's traveling with his friends or whatever. We got to know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, what have you. But a lot of millennials lack the ability to focus for extended periods of time, myself included. And so that was one of the big things I, I picked up. That was the second big thing I picked up was to focus on one thing. If I'm with my friends and family, be with my friends and family. Don't be on my phone. If I'm at work, be at work. If I'm relaxing, relax. Don't constantly be thinking about my workplace or my email or what I have to do when I get to the office on Monday. Wherever I'm at, be 100% in the moment. And for some people, they may push back and say, but how can, how can you be content if you're not planning for the future? To that, I say, you set aside times to plan that where you're not tied into a certain thing, but when you're not planning and you're in that thing, you be present 100%. Give it your all, focus in, and give those around you the respect that they deserve. And I think this is a very tough lesson, tough lesson to learn for a lot of millennials and a lot of younger people is the ability to stay focused and be in the moment and not want to get onto the matrix, so to speak, or get onto their get into their virtual world. And for a lot of people, I understand it's a coping mechanism. A lot of my social media browsing is very emotional and it has to do with, oh, what are, what are people up to? It's very to satisfy those carnal desires that I have to kind of be in the know or to maybe compare myself and feel like, oh, okay, my life's a little bit better than I thought it was and X, Y, and Z. But the truth is, none of those things will ever bring you the content, the contentment or peace that you that you desire to feel. Those things are very fleeting. They won't, they're not long-lasting. And so, some strategies I, I like to use to focus on be here in the moment is to eliminate the ability to be tempted. Like, it's hard to be on your phone when you're at dinner with your wife if your phone's not in your pocket. Or it's hard to see what your friends are up to on social media when you're at work if your phone is in your briefcase or in your, or in your book bag or whatever. So that's some of the things I like to focus on is be 
in an environment that produces success habits. Like, set your environment up in a way that allows you to be in the moment, to focus on those present things. And a lot of times people will say, oh, it's not a big deal. I can I can have my phone by me and I can do all these other things. I can multitask. I can do X, Y, and Z. And I can do all these things and still be with those that I love and be in the moment. But it's, it's highly impossible. That reminds me of an experience I had. My wife and I went to the Natural History Museum of Utah last week. And I saw a young family there and the father... He looked like a, a busy professional, and he may have been calling his wife because I didn't see his wife there with him or an older woman. He may have been doing things that was important for the time, but he was on his phone a lot, and his kids was like, Dad, Dad, come look at this cool exhibit. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll look at it. And he put his phone in his pocket, and then once the kid runs away, he pulls it back out. He was just so occupied with whatever was on his phone that he never, he didn't truly enjoy those precious moments that he had with his sons. So that's really the main thing is because when you're in the moment, you get that insight that's needed to contribute in a way that wouldn't be possible if you're trying to multitask or diverge your thoughts into all these different directions. And that's something I've noticed about being in the moment is you can never really be in two places at one time cognitively. This is proven by a lot of research. It is my field that I studied in my undergraduate degree in neuroscience. It is physically impossible to multitask. We simply just move from task to task and masquerade it by calling it multitasking. But we never really multitask. We just shift really quickly between single tasks. And... I don't know where I'd have to do the research. I don't know where this term became popular and it became like a sought after attribute or skill, but it's not really a skill. It's, it's more of a vice, not much of a virtue, in my opinion, of course. So for those of you out there who think they're great multitaskers, it is literally impossible to multitask. Single task is the only way to go. So, those are two of the things I picked up. Another thing I want to share before I close out the day is I'm going to be starting a new book and it it's really allowing me to kind of nerd out because uh, I studied a lot of neuroanatomy and a lot of neurobiology in my undergraduate years. And this book was written by a neuroscientist. It's called My Stroke of Insight. It's from Joe... Boyd Taylor. I'm sorry if I'm not saying that middle name correctly. She's a PhD who studied at um, Indiana University and I think she did her postdoc at Harvard. So she's, you could say she's uh, very well trained. And I, I just read the introductory pages and it talks about how her personal experiences with having a stroke and how it took her eight years to recover kind of really helped her channel into the right side of her brain which is more the the artsy side the, the free thinking side the liberal side so to speak and kind of help her in her rehab process 
And that is all I can really tell you right now, but it's going to be a very interesting reading. And I'm going to go over what I'm, what insights I'm gaining and how I can apply it to my life. I guess the biggest thing I, I learned is that the reason why this specific woman, uh, Dr. Taylor, was interested in neuroscience in the first place is because her, her brother was diagnosed with schizophrenia at the age of 31. And for those of you who do not know, schizophrenia, currently there is no cure for it. There's, there's drugs that have been reported to show mitigating effects, if any, but there is no pill you can take that can rid you from the signs and symptoms of schizophrenia. A lot of experts in the field are doing their best to find ways to treat or rehab or mitigate the symptoms that are seen, but there really is no cure yet. And so, catapulted by that personal experience, she kind of just got into neuroscience and wanted to further investigate what schizophrenia was all about. And so that's what kind of made her become a neuroanatomist or a biologist who studies the makeup of the brain in a simpler way to put it. And so that's the book I'm going to be reading over this next week or so. It's a 200-page book. I probably will finish it within the next week. I'll be logging back in every day to tell you about my findings and how her experience can edify all of us out there, myself included and my listeners out there who may be interested in striving for, aiming, modeling their life after someone who is striving to reach your full potential, the Machia movement, the name of this podcast. So I'm really excited for that. Like if I could just pause time and read it all in one day, I, I would do that. We you know I have, I have obligations to my wife. I have a lot of things on my plate right now. So I hope, hope to finish that within the week. And I'll be sharing insight as I go. So if any of you out there are interested, it's called My Stroke of Insight by Jill Boyd Taylor, PhD. I have to give her credit where her work was done. She's a PhD. Um, got her doctorate, doctor of philosophy. And uh, yeah, so... I'm very excited to read this book like I've probably said 8,000 times already. But I'll be sharing the nuggets of wisdom that I'm gaining from her personal life experiences and just furthering her platform. It's a New York Times bestseller. So it, it's, it's definitely been in circulation. People have heard about it. But I, you know, just another, another platform, another medium to be heard. Uh, I'll be spreading her wisdom with my listeners out there. So... I'm really excited about that, and stay tuned for tomorrow's installment. It'll be installment number five of the Machia Movement. The nuggets of wisdom I'm gaining so far from my stroke of insight, written by Dr. Jill Taylor. So without further ado, anything further to say, I just want to thank all my listeners out there for giving me this opportunity and this platform to further edify your lives. Now, I really hope that there's something I said today that really resonates with you, gives you that little push to make that change you've been longing for, because we all desire change. We all desire to be better versions of ourselves, no matter our station in life. So that, that is my final thoughts for the day. 
I, I, I hope and pray you guys uh, have a blessed day. And uh, yeah. hope you guys go out there and crush it. And uh, have, to, have a good weekend. Get after it. Okay. See y'all later. God bless.